I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hello everyone and welcome to a brand new episode of The Doggy Pod. My name is Stephen Peters and I'm only here because of this guy, Dr. Rob Zamet. We might be here because of me. The reason this is the number one doggy podcast is because of that man, Stephen Peters. Just a great producer. And each week he makes us dive deep into the world of dogs. You know, there's so much to know and so little time. Yes, each episode is chockers full of uh, important information for all dog owners, straight from one of the country's leading vets. Info like, why do dogs, male dogs kind of in particular, always kick up dirt and grass around the area where they've just done a bit of a whiz? Now, I know guys, you know, like myself, are generally pretty neat. Uh, but yeah, is that is that what that's all about? Anyway, Rob will tell us all about that. And we're also going to talk about, you know, can you punish your dog? Should you punish your dog? Is it the right thing to do? Where do you draw the line, people? And um, once again, thanks everyone for sending in your questions to thedoggypod at gmail.com. Thedoggypod at gmail.com each week. Um, lots of questions for Dr. Rob, and each week we'll try to answer at least one. So keep listening, it could be yours. Dead right, Stephen. Those questions have been fantastic. Super helpful for a lot of people. I've even had people emailing me you know, about other people's questions, how informative they were. Of course, uh, more about that later. Um, as always, we like to start off every episode with a little trip down Rob's memory lane for the week. What's what's he been up to in the clinic this week? What's been happening, Rob? Well, Stephen, one of the things that has happened in the clinic, or actually not happened once, but four times, was brachycephalic airway syndrome. Three were locally acquired cases and one was came from Queensland, would you believe? Okay, what am I talking about? Brachycephalic, that means the dogs that have these squashed in faces. And if breeders overdo it with those squashed in faces when they're breeding for, for that 
particular appearance, if you like, like pugs and French bulldogs especially. We've seen a lot of those with this problem. And English bulldogs, other anything with a real squashed-in face, the airways um, can be compromised. Yeah, if you think about a, a greyhound's face with a long muzzle and, say, a French bulldog with its squashed-in face, the bone structure of those two are different shapes but they have the same bones. They both have all the same bones, the greyhound and the French bulldog. But everything is squashed in. What can occur is the soft palate can become elongated, a bit too long, and it gets stuck literally in the airway, in the windpipe, the trachea. Also, other things can develop, things called saccules, because they are trying to breathe through this restricted airway, then these the sides of the air, of the airway itself, the sides of the trachea, starts to push out a lot, and you get saccules forming. Then, of course, because there's inflammation, the tonsils get large, so breathing becomes very difficult. Added to that, they can have pinched nostrils, so they have to have surgery on the nostrils. We have to trim the soft palate, remove the tonsils very often, and even take away the saccules. A lot of work. And it can be avoided if breeders don't go so much into that. I had one of the cases was a cross pug French bulldog. And the breeder said, oh, I do that because I get less problems with, no problems, in fact, they said, with breathing. Well, that's just not true. Now, you've got to be careful how you breed these animals. Sure, they look cute. Sure, we want that look. But don't overdo it. We want breeders to be careful when they're doing this. Because as I said, they had four cases of surgeries I had to do on these dogs that can be otherwise avoided if people are just a little bit more cautious with the way they breed. Now, it's one of life's great mysteries, well, to me anyway, and I'm easily amused, I guess, is why do dogs, uh, particularly male dogs, once they've done a little whiz, or, you know, maybe a number two as well, like to kick up grass and dirt around the area where they've just done it. I mean, what does that, what does that mean? What is it, what's, what's, why do they do that, Rob? What I always find, Stephen, people don't mind if the dog's kicking up the dirt and on their walk and doing that side. It's only get, they get upset when it's their own property, of course, and they're tearing up the grass in the backyard or front yard. But it's just part of being a dog. Dogs do it for... Yeah, been doing it for a long, long time. It's in their DNA to do it. They're spreading their scent. Dogs are territorial, just like we are, even though we don't believe we are. Tell that to people with uh, can't cross borders, of course. So with a dog, he's trying to let people know he's there, let other dogs know he's there. He's done his pee and marked his territory. Then he kicks up the dirt, scratches it up, and he's flying things around with his scent all through it. Also, don't forget the... The scent glands for dogs are also on their paws. So kicking up dirt with their feet is also spreading that territory and saying, hey, I've been here, I've been right here, this is my territory, so keep away. It's not a big issue. Uh, People get upset, I say, because it tears up their grass. I don't know what to tell you. I don't like stopping a dog from doing that because it's pretty natural for them to want to mark their territory like that. So let them alone and let them do it to try and train them not to do it. Uh, I just don't get that at all. It's like trying to train them not to be a dog. It's just a very natural part of their nature. Okay, we don't want them 
uh, going out roaming around and doing those things, but they don't want to do that anymore. You know, their DNA says stay with dad and, and mum and stay with the family, stay with the pack that they know. So it's a, a pretty normal thing to say, well, this is our territory. I'm staying here with mum and dad and I want to mark this territory and say to everybody, this is our place. Don't come here on, if, you, if you're going to be aggro or cause any problems to us. We don't want to know about it. That's all it is. It's pure natural instinct for a dog. Maybe if you get, if you get worried about it, you can train them to you know, go to the toilet in a specific part of the yard. That's very doable. But to try and train them not to kick up the dirt because a lot of dogs do it, not very uh, noble of you because the poor dog, it's a natural part of his being. I'm sure uh, none of us like to do it, but uh, and probably sometimes we feel like we should. Is there ever a time when your dog's being really naughty and you feel like you need to punish it? You, you need to do something to let it know, let your dog know that it's been naughty. Is, is there ever a good time to punish your dog? And if so, how? Yeah, punishment, Stephen's pretty fascinating topic in a way because, you know, in the world where we're told you're not allowed to even yell too much at your children if they're mucking up and yet we used to in the old days and you know you people will say well I was smacked and it didn't hurt me well sure hurt me when I was smacked used to hurt my never mind but yeah punishment for dogs for me no it's not needed yeah maybe a word of admonishment if they're doing a behavior you don't you don't want you say no and I growl the word out like their mother would their mother would growl it out but then I like to redirect whatever they're doing and reward them for it. So interrupt what they're doing with the word, no, don't do that. Don't tear up the carpet. Come over here, sit, good dog, good dog. Lie down, whatever it is. Redirect their energy into another area. You shouldn't need to punish your dog. And if you're doing it all the time, for goodness sakes, you really need to think about whether you should even own that dog. Uh, There's no need. Dogs don't go out doing naughty things. I'm going to go out and be naughty today. I'm going to dig a hole because I'm really angry with the world. They're not like that. I'm going to dig the hole because it's going to help Dad. He's been digging in the garden, so I'll go and do that for him. Or, oh, look, Mum's washed the curtains, and, oh, I'll help with those, and I'll bring them down. But, yeah, they're they're doing things not to be naughty. They're just doing things because they're active and they're animals that want to help and be part of the pack. Your job is to make sure that that part of the pack uh, is directed with the right sort of energy. Know what sort of breed you have, know what sort of function they were bred for and try and get them into that function. We will talk about this at a later doggy part about all different functions that you can do with your dogs. But for me, the thing to do is try and work out Okay, is it the behaviour I don't like? It's barking a lot, for example. So I go out there and yell at the dog. The dog stops, I go back. Oh, Dad came out when I barked, so they bark some more. You come out and you yell at them some more and try and punish them. It's not working, people. You know, you might say, no. And then when it's quiet, good dog, come here, good dog, pat them. Remember, I've always said, finish every training exercise on a positive, on a positive reinforcement on telling them they're good dogs and giving them a treat, whatever it takes, play with the ball with them, but always finish on a positive. So punishment as such as smacking them, things like that, no, not into that at all. No need for it. Absolutely no need to do that. You know, if your dog's pulling on the lead out the front all the time, smacking is not going to 
do the trick. You've got to learn how to bring the dog back. Maybe a halty, which is a nice gentle leader to actually control the dog's head so he's not pulling. If the dog is destructive in some way, you, are, you need to think that maybe that energy has to be redirected somewhere else and you're not giving the dog neither the training nor the time uh, nor yeah, the right sort of discipline. Discipline and punishment are two different things. Discipline is simply teaching the dog to sit, stay, and they may stay there for five minutes if need be, then finish reward. Yeah, when I say five minutes, you don't expect that straight away. But that's what obedience dogs eventually do. They're trained to sit and stay. Now, that might seem like, well, that's not burning up energy. It is. The dog's sitting there and he's really burning up a lot of mental energy saying, I won't move from here. I'm, I'm going to sit here. I'm going to do as I'm told because I, I want to please my owner. It's in their DNA to want to please us. It's in, in our DNA to want to live with dogs and have dogs with us. But it's got to be a symbiotic relationship and we have to be able to help the dog achieve that. And the best way to, to have him achieve and fulfil his desire to live with us is to give him things to do, give him jobs to do where he can actually work with us in some way. The work doesn't have to be going out in the field and doing a whole lot of stuff. It can be very, very simple things. It could be just retrieving a ball in the backyard. It could be just walking around the block. That's a job for the dog because he's with you, you on the lead, round you go because you're not very active and you don't want to go too far, but the dog's there hunting with you out there in the pack. And like in Mother Nature, not every hunt's going to come up with a, a, a result, but that's fine too. It doesn't matter. That's not the point. The dog's gone out and done something. Obedience classes, they're everywhere throughout every country of the world where they have dogs. There are obedience classes where you can attend with your dog. I don't like dogs going out and being trained by somebody else. You have to train your dog to do all those things that you wanted to do. And the best way to do that is go to obedience classes with an obedience club, spend an hour or so a week and do five to ten minutes a day with your dog. They will learn exactly what you want them to do very quickly and they won't ever even need the thought of punishment. Admonishment, as I said, by growling a word out, Whatever it is, some people go, blah. I go, no. But growl it out the way the mother would, you know, when the puppy's growing up. If the puppy's doing something wrong, the mother may growl at it. But she doesn't get stuck into the puppy and shake its head off, does she? So just be gentle that way. No need to punish a dog. Certainly every need to train a dog. Redirect the energy and make them a happy world where they have an enriched environment. Okay, it's it's mail time. Um, this one is actually quite a long email, so I might just uh, shorten it a little bit. It's from Marie uh, Weston, who says, uh, Hi, Dr. Rob, um, or Dr. Zamet. My 15-month-old Australian Shepherd Cross Mini Poodle has a fascination with lights and shadows. It's getting worse and she, as she gets older, and we do our best to distract her. Examples are like a watch face reflection on the wall sends her into overdrive and tail flapping, and she's very hard to break out of it, even with treats. Early morning sunlight reflecting off windows. 
Uh, they've had to cover large windows which look out over the back garden because uh, the street lights uh, cause her to become obsessive and growling when they interact with the trees blowing in the breeze, creating shadows. Wow, interesting. Uh, my vet says it's because of her poodle genes, but I think it's her Australian Shepherd genes uh, may have something to do with it. We try to keep her occupied with daily or twice daily walks. I also play a lot with her during the day and she gets booked into doggy daycare. That's pretty good. Um, she's better when she's tired, but uh, hard to keep her in that state. She's a lovely little dog and I do worry about this tendency and how to deal with it. Sorry about the long email, she says. Uh, that's from Marie. Well, Rob, over to you, mate. Oh, it's Stephen. Yeah, dogs chasing lights. It's not quite as simple as you think, you know, just, oh, well, let's stop him doing it. <clears throat> they can become quite obsessed. In fact, it can become such a compulsive, obsessive disorder that they will destroy the house or destroy their backyard or whatever it is in chasing those lights. So you've got to be very, very careful about what you do with this dog that's continually and you can't stop chasing uh, lights because it can lead to other things as well. Some people believe it can even lead to epileptic seizures, just the same as some laser lights with us will do it. Oh, and by the way, laser lights, people use those to get the dog to chase the light. And uh, if you shine enough into their eyes, you will destroy some of their sight. So be very careful of that. I mean, why do they do it in the first place? Well, the light's there and it's like a, a bit of prey. It's a chase reflex. I'll chase that. Then that becomes prey and they try and you know, catch it and get hold of it for you and, and get so fixated on it that they will either destroy themselves in the process of trying to get these lights or certainly destroy part of your house. So it's something that has to be really seriously looked at and stopped. The other thing that I, I like to do with dogs that do this, however, obedience training, and then look at it. In this case, it's an Australian Shepherd. What are Australian Shepherds bred for? Well, we know hunting and herding, you know, that sort of thing. That they were bred in America for those, both those things, but certainly herding. I would be taking this dog out once a week and get it to herd. Herd something, you know, find a place. There are, again, there are places all around the country where they will teach your dog to herd sheep. It's a very common thing. You can do it in uh, just about every state of Australia has a couple of training centres that will allow you to come along and they train you to train your dog to do herding. That will satisfy quite a lot of what this dog's doing. The other thing I would do is straight out obedience training and then, of course, look at enriching the environment. You've done that a fair bit now already, but look at other things as well, uh, especially when the dog is doing the light chasing. Now, you've got to set it up as well. You know, you know this dog is really, he's already got this compulsion to you know, fixate on light and chase it. Set it up, but with the dog on the lead. So when he goes to, to look at the light, you quickly, you distract him. No, come here, good dog, drop, sit, roll over, whatever you want to do, but distract him away from the light. So you actually tease, someone's teasing him with the light, but you've got control. Don't do it if you do not have control of the dog. You must have control of the dog when you do this. Otherwise, your training will fail every time. He already is fixated on it. It's time to change that energy. And as I said before, you now redirect where the energy is going.
Once again, it's that sad time of the day when it's the end of an episode. Um, so thanks for listening. We, we, as always, appreciate it enormously. Please follow us on Instagram and Facebook. And we will see you next week. In a couple of weeks' time, I think we're going to have a little break, maybe a little winter break for a few weeks. Uh, but we'll be posting uh, lots of stuff on Instagram still and Facebook. Um, but either way, that's not yet. So we will be back next week. And as always, Dr. Rob has some words of wisdom. See you later. Bye. Yeah, all good things end at some stage. And as Charles Schultz had Charlie Brown said, I just want to be loved unconditionally and faithfully. And Snoopy, his little beagle, replied, that's why people get dogs. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.